Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to start a series called The Emperor Has No Clothes, where we pick a actor, actress, and talk about why do people like this person? And we're starting out with Pete Davidson. Now, with this series, I want to be clear. It's nothing personal against these people. It's just I don't think you're talented. And like the old children's tale, we don't want to tell the emperor he has no clothes. We're like, oh, they're amazing. He, 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 he's amazing. He's amazing. Emperor has no clothes. Pete Davidson. Look, I've watched Saturday Night Live my entire life since middle school. And I still watch it. I still watch it. Uh, I don't think it's as good as it used to be. I might do actually a standalone episode on Saturday Night Live because it is cinema related, given that so many people have come out of that seminal show for the last almost 50 years. He's been on the show essentially 10 years. He finally got off the show last season. And I just don't get it. Look, on Saturday Night Live, he would do impersonations here and there. But as a whole, like I remember he did one of Rami Malek when Rami Malek was on and Rami Malek did an impersonation of Pete Davidson. But as a whole, that wasn't his strength. What was his strength on Saturday Night Live? Being Pete Davidson, which I don't know if is his strength, but that was him. Now, to be to be fair, I always loved his reoccurring character of Chad. Chad is a complete buffoon, kind of based on the, the idea of, of, of a Chad being this good-looking guy with no substance who gets laid all the time. So anytime there was an attractive female celebrity guest host, they would have this skit where the woman would be throwing themselves at Pete Davidson's character, Chad, and Chad uh, would be like, oh, cool, you want to have sex? Cool. And then she'd be like, I don't know why I keep thinking about you. I just need to have you now. And, And he'd just say adolescent stuff, fart jokes, sex jokes, one word responses. And of course, you just don't understand why these successful women would like him. So they had skits where uh, there was one with J-Lo, there was one with Miley Cyrus, there was one with Jessica Chastain. There's been probably five or six. You can find these compilations on YouTube. And I think those skits were pretty funny just because I'm pretty familiar with the men's world and just the the, the kind of stereotype of the Chad the, the, and the Tyrone and the Juan and, and these kind of guys. But overall, what made him successful on Saturday Night Live was mind-boggling to me because unlike Carvey, Farrell, even Sandberg, who I guess there's similarities, but given that they both came on pretty young and they were both kind of goofy, the Emperor has no clothes with Davidson. And if you look at his film career, his film career is essentially him playing a version of himself. Now, he does have a lot on his filmography, and I wouldn't say there's a lot, but there's stuff on his filmography that is essentially him playing him. So he does have a, a supporting character in Set It Up, which is the probably, I would say, Netflix's best romantic comedy ever. 
and that's one with Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell. He plays, if I remember correctly, Glenn Powell's gay best friend. He has a small role in that. He also has a, a very small role in Trainwreck, the Amy Schumer movie. And then probably one of his leading movies, I guess if you have to call it a leading movie, was Big Time Adolescent, which I believe was released straight to Hulu, where he's kind of, it's kind of like a big daddy where he's in charge of this younger kid and he's teaching this younger kid how to live life, but of course he's a screw up and then the parents don't like him because he's a screw up. But he's playing himself, right? He's smoking pot and he's just dressing like Pete Davidson dresses and so forth. And then his big break was when Judd Apatow somehow, I guess, saw talent in him and wanted to, similar in Trainwreck, what he did with Amy Schumer, because he produced Amy Schumer's Trainwreck, was give him his own vehicle. So in 2020, right at the cusp of COVID, he released The King of Staten Island. I do like Judd Apatow movies. I, 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 let me say this. I, I will watch Judd Apatow movies, and I think his early work is pretty great he's essentially one of the godfathers of the r-rated comedy and i think we'll probably do a standalone episode on the apatow filmography probably not with may because may is not a big fan of his work i do think he i do think apatow is a little self-indulgent his movies tend to be ooh, i don't know 20 30 minutes too long he doesn't i mean he's not pulling the the babylon chazelle three-hour opus and if you look at something like Magnolia, P.T. Anderson's three-hour opus, you, you could argue that that was a legitimate three hours, but like a needed three hours. But uh, Apatow gives him this vehicle, and King of Staten Island is fine. It's fine. Davidson's playing himself, and it's essentially a, a biographical work of Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson is from Staten Island, and I think he's most famous... And no doubt, I mean, I, I'm sure this is not what he would admit in, in something that, of course, he would want to take back. But his father died in 9-11 uh, as a firefighter. And I think that gives him a little pathos, right? That gives him a little, uh, people kind of see him with a compassionate eye. So when he was on Saturday Night Live, when he came on, he was very young when he came on. And he mentioned that. And anytime you hear him in an interview, either the interviewer or he will mention that his father died in 9-11. And not that he has a lot of memories of his father. And I think he kind of you, you kind of see him play out his his feelings about his father in Staten Island. And I think in that regard, it, it's a good movie. And I do think that, well, you know, Apatow likes to put his entire family in, in all the movies, but... So you see his one of his daughters is in it. Of course, I don't think Leslie Mann, his wife's in this. It's one of the rare ones where she's not in one of his movies. But he will find reasons to put his daughters, one of the two daughters, in, a, in the movie. But I think the relationship that he has with the mom's boyfriend, who's played by... Bill Burr, I think is, is pretty good. So Marissa Tomei plays his mom and then his mom starts to date this guy and at the beginning they don't like each other and that plays out. And uh, I think it's Maude Apatow is the one who plays his sister. And look, again, it's it, there's no range. And I've talked about this and this episode is going to come out after Overrated Actors Part 1, the one that May and I did, how I need to see actors have some range and Davidson has no range. He plays the 
the and look, I don't know if he's like this in personal life, but he's essentially the stoner buffoon. At least with Seth Rogen going back to some other Apatovian avatars, so to speak, was was as a whole pretty quick witted and would speak quicker. And yeah, was a stoner slacker dude. Apatow, I mean, Apatow movies are rom coms for men essentially. How you could be a stoner slacker but somehow get the hot woman. But at least Rogan, you can see kind of his mind is working. But but Davidson, no. I mean, Davidson is Davidson in every vehicle he's in. But he's got some very strong benefactors, namely Apatow gave him this big vehicle. And then Lorne Michaels is giving him a show which he is producing now that he's off of Saturday Night Live. And we will see how that does. And I just don't think, he's also playing the voice of one of the Transformers in an upcoming Transformer movie, as if we need more of these movies. Going to back to the, the episode I just did on why I detest action, comic book movies, and, and these kind of IP. But Michaels did the, uh, produce the movie, or I'm sorry, the TV show Bupkiss, which is gonna be coming out pretty soon. And Lorne Michaels produces 30 Rock and a lot of the vehicles for his ex stars and so look that's one level i don't get davidson's appeal the gen zers and half of the millennials love davidson they will die for davidson they think he is amazing i don't see it again i'm in my 40s and i'm a curmudgeon i guess you know i i it's it's like modern art it's the emperor has no clothes there you cannot say anything negative about Picasso or Brock, any of these Cubists. You can't say any garbage about Lichtenstein or Warhol, Pop Art, Pollock, any of this. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. But if you go and go to any art museum and talk to the docent or just talk to anybody who says they love art, it's always people say they love art when it's it's essentially anything that's expressionist, a Van Gogh, or later. And if you're like, this stuff's garbage, I could paint this. I could do a Pollock. I could do a Rothko. Paint some red, paint some white, paint some red. It's a masterpiece. How about some Baroque? How about some neoclassical? How about some Renaissance art? Oh, that's too religious. So it's kind of the same thing here with, with Davidson. I don't get it. They like him. I don't know why. Maybe they relate to him because they're a bunch of pot-smoking slackers. I don't know. I'm not casting aspersions on the Gen Zers. I don't get it. Emperor has no clothes. Now, let's look at his personal life because I think his personal life given that this is the cinema rag and we do focus on personal lives, I find it be fascinating because this guy has bedded quite a lot of beauties. Quite a lot of beauties. He was with Larry David's uh, daughter, Cassie David, for a little while. I think that was maybe the first somewhat, I, I don't think she's famous in her own right, aside from being Larry, Larry David, of course, is the creator of Seinfeld and the creator and star of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is one of my favorite comedies. And then he later dated and was engaged to a short period of time to Ariana Grande. And she was the one who gave him the, 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 the moniker of Big D Energy. And someone else has come out, I think one of his male co-stars of SNL has come out and confirmed that he does have a pretty big schlong. So he was with Ariana Grande uh, for a little while and then they broke up, and then he's betting Kate Beckinsale, who I do mention in my 10 Celebrity Crushes at her peak, who's significantly older. She's doing a little cougar thing. Still looks great for her age. 
Then he goes to Margaret Qualley, probably most famous for being Andy McDowell's daughter and most famous for being a hitchhiker on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the, the Tarantino movie. So the scene with Brad Pitt and her in the car. And uh, later she went on to date and is with the front man of the, of the band Fun, We Are Young Fun. So he, she's with him now. And then later, <laughs> Davis is with Kaya Gerber when Kaya Gerber was 18. So just turned 18. And Kaya Gerber's beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. This is Cindy Crawford's daughter, looks like Cindy Crawford at a young age. And I remember reading at the time that Randy Gerber and Crawford were not happy that she was dating Pete Davidson. And look later on, she ends up dating who? Jacob Elordi, who May and I have talked about. Significant handsome upgrade to go from Davidson to, to Elordi. Then he's with one of my favorite little crushes, Phoebe Dienvor from the, the, essentially the protagonist of Bridgerton on Netflix, beautiful British actress. He's banging her. Then of course, he's with Kim Kardashian for some time. And now who he's dating? Well, he was rumored to have a fling with Emily Ratajkowski, who's recently divorced, and she's pretty much riding the carousel right now. She's been reputed to be banging four dudes right now in the last few months. So look, it's not like Davidson, and these are just known, known people that she that he's been dating. So then I asked, it's like, what are these women seeing in Davidson that I'm not seeing? Well, I think some of it, because look, these women are beautiful. They could be dating a Bruno from Italy. You know, they could be dating some hot Italian model or some successful CEO or, uh, I don't know, some, some famous actor like Brad Pitt. So what do they see in this guy? And they're all young, aside from Beckinsale. So they're all part of that generation that actually think he's funny. So I think it's I think it's a combination of some things. He is tall. I don't think he is, and women like tall men, I don't think he's classically handsome by any shape, way, shape, or form, but he is tall. And the thing is, he does have a big phallus. And let's be real, come on. And I think of some of it is that he is funny in that pot smoking dope kind of way. I don't necessarily think he's witty in the Oscar Wilde school of wit, but they think he's funny. And I think it's he's damaged. Davidson has been pretty honest about his mental health problems, about being borderline, about having suicidal ideation. And he has tons of tattoos and he's talked about having them removed. How much of that is because he thinks it affects his career and how much of it is because he, he understands, like some people understand that excessive tattooing is an outward sign of an inward dysfunction. I'm not sure. But I think these women maybe are curious about why other beautiful women, it's, it's like Amazon reviews and social proof or even like podcast reviews, right? The more reviews, you're like, oh, I guess if other people like this product, then, then this, this, this product's good. So maybe of it, maybe a little of it is that. I don't know. I don't know. Again, Emperor has no clothes. If Davidson had some comedic range, if Davidson could pull an accent off, if, if Davidson could be the master of impersonations like a Daryl Hammond, I could get it. I could I could totally see why he would be considered star worthy. But he's none of these things. And it's not like, oh, Gregor, you're just jealous because he's banging her. He banged Ariana Grande and, and, and Phoebe D'Ambert. No, I don't get it. Look, I totally understand why women would want to be with Harry Styles. Okay, I totally get it. And I don't begrudge Harry Styles, and nor do I want to be Harry Styles. 
it's just there's some people that you see it's like wow this person's talented i could totally understand why this person's getting a lot of roles or a lot why women want to be with him pete davidson is like a riddle wrapped in a conundrum wrapped in an enigma i don't get it it blows my mind but we'll see look i'm not saying that davidson's going to be a flop in his life he's always going to be famous because of 10, 10 years of snl and he'll always have a successful comedian routine you know, just touring the country and doing stand-up i just think that within three years you're not going to find him in any movies i mean maybe straight to streaming pot smoking comedy types i just don't see it i really don't see it somewhat similar to john Hader from napoleon dynamite when that movie came out i was like why do people think this is funny again i think it was a generational issue and then you look at maybe someone like tom green didn't understand his humor he had a little run with like euro trip and some other movies freddie got fingered and then people realized oh you know he's he's not hollywood movie caliber and i think that's what you're going to find out in pete davidson pete davidson's got some shots coming up he really has to parlay that into something constructive and useful and i, I honestly think he needs to show range i don't need to see him doing tolstoy what i need to see him is having some comedic range where he doesn't need to play the loser slacker pot smoker why don't you play some try to play like a rich funny guy or just something that is different than what you've been doing but i don't think he's capable of that i'd like to see him prove me wrong but i like to think that in three years you're not going to see him in hollywood movies and he's probably going to be going to straight straight to streaming movies maybe some tv shows but mostly he's going to be successful just doing stand-up but we'll see guys I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rag uh, on our Facebook page and you let me know if you agree or disagree. Maybe you find him to be talented and you can post over there why you think that is. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.